0: thrilled to see all of you guys once again this morning. I hope you guys are feeling alive. I hope you're ready for all that God would have to speak to us this morning Um, because we have got um, yet another segment of YA stories this morning. We're going to have some dialogue around one of our own's story and how she has seen God at work in her life. You know, I, I say this almost every single time we have these, but the psalmist says let the redeemed of the Lord what? Say so. so. Uh, Another translation says tell their story. And so there's something that happens when we gather together around the word of someone's testimony both objectively and subjectively how the Lord's been at work in their life. Uh, And so this morning, I want to encourage you, let's lean in and let's see what the Lord would have to speak to us as we dialogue about how God has been at work in uh, one of our own story. Okay, so with that being said, I want you to show the maddest of love and make some noise for our very own New Life staff member, Bethany Cantrell, everybody. (laughs) B.C. in the flesh. (laughs) And that nickname, I guess, has been inaugurated this morning, BC. BC. I don't know if it's going to stick, but we will see. We will see, BC. Um, have a seat. Welcome. Thanks, um, guys. We are thrilled to have you here, and thank you first for, for christening this stage and opening up. It's no small thing, by the way, to get up and talk about yourself. <laughs> uh, for some, it may come easy, and that's probably not a good thing, but um, I think if... if you have a, a certain measure of health. There's a sobriety that comes with um, opening up and sharing about how especially you've seen the Lord at work in your story. And so thank you. Yeah, for, for absolutely. Being
1: I love this. I love getting to sit and share and just be able to relate and relate on a couple of things with you guys. Because I think sometimes it's like, oh, they're over there, we're over here. And um, I really love to just Connect
0: um, like this. So I'm excited. Cool little subplot happening right here as well. Bethany and I uh, grew up together here in Colorado Springs uh, in the youth ministry tag back in the day. Yes. Uh, now Tim Shepard is here in the midst. I saw yeah. you somewhere, Tim. Like now you're <laughs> the student ministry, Pat. Like what is happening Crazy. here? Like we're growing up and uh, assuming leadership roles here at New Life. But what's cool is that in this very room, Um, Bethany and I um, did an internship and learned and worshiped with like dozens of other young adults in our early 20s. And we were deposited into in this room. And now we get to dialogue about the great things that God's done in our lives in this same space. You know, the Lord is cool in the way that he works. But Bethany, why don't you share us a little bit about who you are? Who is Bethany Cantrell? Um, What has life looked like? Um, What are your interests? Is there a special someone in your life? Just give us a look under the hood.
1: Yeah, so like Josh was saying, um, I grew up here at New Life Church, a daughter of the house. Um, And it's just crazy. My brother is now um, the youth pastor here, which is just, again, mind-blown, but I am am now in my late 20s, I can say, because I'm 28, so I'm not much older than some of you here, which is also awesome, Um, but I am married to this amazing man. His name's Andrew Cantrell, or we call him AC. (laughs) He He is literally... Amazing. Um, we've been married almost seven years in March, and a lot of who I am and who I've even become is him. Um, just his, his influence in my life and his love for me and Andrew so. Andrew is
0: also on staff, right? He is we believe also in on nepotism staff. here at New Life. It's, it's a wonderful family. thing.
1: <laughs> we're, we're trying to get my parents to come after they retire. We're like, come on. Um, <laughs> So that's me a little bit. I actually graduated from UCCS, UCCS, yes, UCCS as a sociology major. So that is my alma mater. So, do I have any UCCS students in the house?
0: Lions, okay, a couple,
1: right? yes. Is it mask
0: mascot the lion or what is it? Mountain lion? Mountain lion. Any mountain, mountain lions? Okay, cool. Mountain we, lion. Yeah. Okay,
1: still remember. Um, anyways, I went to school there, graduated in 2016. I'm actually going to be going back this um, summer for my master's in counseling and clinical mental health. So I left and I was like, oh my gosh, I just love school. I love acad- academia. I love learning, writing. I'm one of those weird people <laughs> that just enjoys that. So I'm actually going to be returning there this um Summer, Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of who I am. I'm so passionate about people. I'm passionate about um, the church and Christ and um, who He's called us to be. And um, like I said before, grew up here at this church. um, Grew up in a Christian home, um, and a little bit of context for that because I know a lot of us, maybe some of some of you, um, if not all of you, grew up with some Christian family upbringing, um, but. My parents just—I I owe a lot of who I am and my faith, um, and really the foundations of it to my upbringing and to this church. Um, as Josh was saying, a lot of um, a lot of breakthroughs and crying out for revival for our city happened in this room on this floor. <laughs> and I was thinking earlier today, oh my gosh, I have not been on a mic here in this room since my intern days. Um, years ago. It's just crazy how things come full circle and God is so faithful in it. And so um, amidst all of that, I also, my father, I grew up a military brat. Do I have any military brats in the room? (laughs) So, yeah, so some of you know. Some of you know. Um, Just the uprooting and moving and um, being stationed in different places. And so I also have that as my a little bit of my background just to kind of give you guys context for who I am and where I've come from. So I understand um, you know, moving a lot and being in new, different environments and trying to connect with people and learning, you know, who are, who, who's my family, who's my community um, when all of this transition has happened. And so, um, so yeah, so I have a little bit of uh, a lot going on there, but... Um,
0: Where was home before Colorado? Born and raised here in the Springs?
1: I was actually born and raised in Sacramento, California, Ooh. which... Yes. <laughs> yes, California. Yes. That, is, that is, that is where another part of my heart, That's good. where another part of my heart is. So I was born in Sacramento, California. And interestingly enough, I would, I, I spent most of my childhood in Oklahoma as well. So Oklahoma and then here has kind of been long term home. So
0: And you guys made kind of a circuit, you and Andrew, because you guys lived here in the springs and then you actually had a season back in California, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that, just in a nutshell on the surface.
1: Yeah, so my husband and I got married. I'm gonna give you the brief over overview instead of the nitty-gritties of it. But so in 2012, my husband and I got married. In 2013, him and I decided to move to Redding, California. We have no family out there, no connection. California
0: fans in the room. Yeah, there. are there Man. any
1: California fans in the room? I'm hearing like... Stress. Yeah, there's some of you. Represent. Okay, I see you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we moved out there in 2013 and spent a year out there. And it was... So some of you who have moved to Colorado to start new or to, um, start a new job or just again, to start a new, I understand going from the place that you were planted and rooted in with your family and community to a place where you know, no one, mm. um, because that first year in Reading, we, we didn't know anyone. Um, we got involved um, with the church out there and that became a bulk of our community. Um, and then fast forward, we moved back to the Springs, and then in 2016, um, my husband came to me and said, "Hey, I think we're going to move back to Reading." So
0: I yeah. love it. <laughs> Which the church that you guys attended was the same church that Sarah Bram, another young adult staff member, yes. attended, right? There was never overlap, but same church, right?
1: Yes. Uh, well, actually, there was overlap. We just didn't know each other <sighs> crazy. at that point. So yeah, so crazy story. A lot of people before we moved back here had asked us at our church, do you know the Brams? Do you know the Brams? I'm like, no, I don't know the Brams. There's so many people that live on, in Colorado Springs. There's so many people on staff at New Life. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Long story short, come back, jump on Josh Josh's team, then find out the other lovely lady that is working with him and for him uh, planted the church that we went to in Redding, California. And so talk about God's providence and just his faithfulness and goodness and wow. bringing people together like... So there was an instant bond between Sarah and I. We're like, we're going to be best friends. You're
0: (laughs) Reddingans or whatever you call it. I don't know. Reddingians.
1: Redding, 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 I don't know. (laughs) Sure.
0: So Redding was a huge part um, of you and Andrew's journey both. I mean, we've known each other for a good long while, the three of us. Andrew was in the internship as well, leading worship. We called him Phil was his nickname because he's got a voice like Phil Wickham. Yes. And he still does. He still does. But um, but I know how um, profound a season that, that time in Reading was for you guys. So why don't you share a little bit about... Um, how you guys saw God at work specifically in the previous season that you're just coming out of in Reading, you know? Because we can we can talk about, well, when I was 10 years old or when I was 5 or whatever, but, but like the freshest season yeah. uh, sometimes and often is the rawest and that which we're taking the most out of. So um, what was your time in Reading like? How did you see God at work in your story in the season that you guys have just come from?
1: Yeah, so really fast, if I could just kind of summarize first, kind of give you like the thesis of what I'm about to go into is um, Psalms 23. And if you guys have read Psalms 23, which if you shouldn't, you need to open your Bible and read it. (laughs) Um, But the beginning of that Psalm is he leads me beside still waters, right? And then it's just this poetic, beautiful picture of Jesus walking beside us. And then in the middle to end, it talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Yes. So I would summarize what I'm about to share, kind of Psalms 23, that God who is faithful to walk beside us in the still seasons, in the seasons where things are going right, right? Things are going well. Things are going amazing. He's the same God that walks beside us in the darkest, scariest of seasons. Seasons where we're asking hard questions. We're doubting. We are confused. Um, So that is kind of thesis. If you can, if it's the summary of what I'm about to just go into in a, in a little bit of our story. Um, so as I said, um, in 2016, Valentine's day, actually <laughs> February 14th of 2016, my husband and I are sitting down at Carabas, right off of I-25, um, which is no
0: longer there. Or is it still there? I think it's still there. Okay.
1: Anyway, so we're sit- we sit down at Caraba's for our Valentine's dinner and we're talking, and he just opens up and shares, Hey, I, I think we are going to move back to Reading, California. And I was like, What? <laughs> And just to give you a little context, because the first time we left, I was like, we're not living here ever again. It was one of those things where you say those silent things like, I will never, right? I don't know if any of you guys, are, any of you guys have had that experience where you say the never word. Don't do that because, <laughs> because the Lord sees that. And he's like, oh, okay. Put that in my pocket. But so my husband sits and tells me this and I'm just like, wait, What? He's just like, I really feel like this is where the Lord's going to call us in the next year. And for me in that moment, I was just, uh, okay, no. And, and I remember leaving that night and Andrew turning to me saying, hey, I know that this is a lot to put on you. And I know that this is a lot to process. But don't let fear be the thing that hinders your decision making um, or your process with this that I've laid before you. Um, And so the rest of 2016 was really going before the Lord and being like, God, is this what you have for us? We just came from here, what is this about? And God opening every door, like every single door you could think of, people coming to us saying, hey, I had dreams. People telling us, hey, I've been thinking about you a lot. God's been putting you on my heart to pray for you for these specific things, what's going on? Um, Just all of these things door after door after door opening for us to move back. So the end of 2016, graduated, beginning of 2017 in January, packed up the car, sold our home, um, and moved back. And we neither one of us had a job, so this was a total, like, faith move. Um... Had, we had the community that we had left uh, three years prior to, so we still had some connections and roots in that sense, but, again, no jobs. So we moved out there and God opened every door. Um, I ended up, I had just graduated college with my uh, sociology degree and had no experience <laughs> in the criminal justice uh, realm and ended up landing a case management job with a reentry program. Wow working with adult offenders, um, men and women, 18 to about, gosh, I'd say 60, um, most of whom had been in prison, um, had been incarcerated their whole life, um, had substance abuse issues, family issues, all these different things. And I just remember sitting there being like, I have no experience with this whatsoever. Like... I didn't even know what probation was, you guys, just to give you a little, to give you kind of a little thing. I had no idea what probation was. I had to Google it and be like, okay, I'm being interviewed for this job, and I have no idea what I'm interviewing for. And so, so, so that, just to kind of give you, but you know what, guys? Sometimes those unexpected things that God opens, it clearly was the Lord opening, are the most amazing, incredible gifts mm-hmm. um, because getting the opportunity to learn and to lead and to get with people who are from all different walks of life was such a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, was such a gift. And so, as you guys can imagine, that time period and that, that time as I was working full time um, was a lot. So I'm having, I'm, I'm sitting down with people weekly. I'm sitting down with people weekly and they are dumping their stuff on me. You know, I overdosed last week and I was in the hospital. Um, my brother just got killed. Um, it's lots of stuff. And so I had to have a really good rhythm of leaving work at work when I left. Um, but it just, it taught me how to lean in to the strength of the Holy Spirit. It taught me to lean in to the strength of Scripture and, and, and relationships also uh, that were investing in me. Such a, a season of learning and growing. Um, so... Working started working February of 2017, and got in the midst of that. Started, you know, facilitating groups weekly, meeting with um, people weekly, pouring myself out. At this time, my husband is on staff at the church that we had left prior to. He's leading worship, he's serving, and leading in that capacity. Um, And then, in about April of that year, I remember this this morning that I woke up. And I woke up in our—we lived in a little uh, tiny home, for lack of a better word. So Andrew was still sleeping. I woke up, and I heard the Lord say, I am about to expand your capacity. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever gotten a word like that, whether it was you personally or someone came up to you, and they give you this word, and you're just like— okay, you want to explain that a little bit more to me? You know, give me a little bit more detail. Um, And that was exactly my response to the Lord. I'm like, okay, what does that actually mean? That could mean a whole bunch of different things. Um, What does that mean? And so um, months, weeks and months after that, um, I stopped... Every time I went to the Lord and in his presence, I was like, okay, what does that mean? And where are you at in this? And nothing. Silence. And it messed with me. Um, I think sometimes, you know, if if any of you guys are like me, (laughs) you're the instant person. You just, you want to know why. You want to know the why, Right. So, God, you gave me this word, or I get this word. And you want to know why. Why did I get this word? And you're not hearing anything, or you're not getting any explanation. You're just ruminating. You're sitting in that, in that word that the Lord gave or that you received. And that messed with me, you guys. Hmm. That really messed with me. I don't know if you guys have had seasons of waiting and seasons of just... I don't know. I don't know what's happening other than what's happening at work, (laughs) Mm. other than what's happening in my marriage or in my relationships, friendships. I don't know what's going on, but Lord, this is like the last thing that you told me. And so that began. And again, I don't know how this is for each of you, but in that moment, those weeks and months that started to pass, I'm like, okay, I've been praying. I've been going to church. I've been the one at the front altar asking for prayer, hmm. standing up, being like, okay, where's my breakthrough? You going to speak into this, Lord, or are you just letting me, going to s- have me still sit in this? And that began my, fi- my feelings, right? Our emotions start to, start to come into play once time starts moving forward, Right? So I started to get anxiety, like, God, why am I, f- like, now I'm, I'm getting anxious, and then depression started to, like, s- to set in, and I'm sitting there looking around, looking at my husband, and being like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's going on. I know that I have this relationship with the Lord. I know that I have this strong foundation. I don't know what's happening but there's just silence. And I think sometimes we get so uncomfortable with silence. Hmm. We get so uncomfortable in conversations with people when it's silent. We get uncomfortable when it's us and the Lord and there's silence. And we don't know how to respond to that. How to how to interact with that. Hmm. And so I did what any probably one of you would do after my meltdowns. <laughs> I need help. Um, I, I, had, so I had a pastoral um, friend who, many years ago, I had her in my head as I was going through this season. And I remember sitting down with her, and I said, Kelly, if you could give me any encouragement or advice in the road ahead, knowing that I'm called to ministry. That's just who God's called us to be. It's not just one person or some of you. It's all of us. God's called all of us to ministry. Yeah, like It's not just the ones who have the badges who are serving on a Sunday. He's called all of us to ministry. But God, or Kelly, I was like, "What, what advice would you give me knowing that this is what God's called me into? And I will never forget her showing her Bible and saying, like looking me square in the eye and saying, this is your cornerstone. She held, the, she held her Bible in front of me and just was just like, I cannot tell you enough times that this is the thing that's going to root you, will always root you. It is living, it is breathing, it is alive, and it's active. It will never fail you. I'll never forget it, you guys. And so I did what I, I did what she encouraged me to do. So emotions, feelings, anxiety, depression, all these things, right? All these things amidst the silence, amidst the waiting are all happening. And so I sat there and I'm like, okay. I'm going to go back to the word. Okay? So I had... There were, there were mornings, guys, that I would drive to work and I am literally bawling my face off before work. 7.30 in the morning, driving to work and I'm bawling my face off. I'm like, God, where are you? What are you saying? What are you doing? I can't feel you. I can't see you. I can't hear you. Like, what are you doing? And it feels like you've abandoned me. Like, I started to get real with myself, you guys. I was like, this feeling that I feel... It feels like you've abandoned me. And that was really scary to say out loud. Um, but I went back to the word. And all throughout scripture, in the Old and New Testament, um, there is scripture, Joshua 1.9, Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In, Deuteron- in Deuteronomy 31, he talks about never leaving us or forsaking us. And I remember driving to work, bawling my eyes out. and as I'm driving, I'm declaring truth. Okay, I feel this. I feel like you've abandoned me, but that is not who you say you are. You do not leave me. You do not forsake me. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. That is what truth says about his character and about who he is. And even though my emotions and my feelings and everything outside circumstantially is telling me otherwise, he says this is who he says he is. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to declare this even though everything else around me says completely opposite. And I just remember. So, I am so huge into journaling, you guys. If you don't journal, I understand it's not for everyone. I totally get it. But I'm so huge into journaling. And so during these times and during these moments that I would, I would start feeling depression come, I'd start feeling anxiety about why can't, haven't I heard anything? Why can't I feel him when I'm in a church service and worship is awesome? Why can't I feel him or hear him? I would go back to my journal and to the Word of God. And I have in here, I'm gonna actually show you guys really fast. I wrote down, there was a time that I was in our cottage and it was just me, and I was starting to feel this way. And I felt like the Lord was like, grab your journal, and I want you to write down every false idea. And thought that is coming against you right now, and belief. Every every belief, every thought, every feeling that you are having right now. I want you to write it in your journal. So I wrote it down. If you look on the left, the left side right here, um, I wrote down false beliefs. This season, last year was a mistake. That He doesn't want what's in my heart. That my dreams can only be fulfilled to an extent that I'm a bad wife for not getting involved, that I shouldn't be leading, that I don't deserve to go back home, that I'm a failure. I literally wrote down every single one that I was, I was feeling and experiencing. And the Lord was like, I want you to cross out every single one and let me speak into every single lie that you were listening to. And so on here, it says in bold, I'm not an orphan or a slave. And then on the other side, he had me write down what he says and his truth. So I went back to scripture and I started looking at the lie of this season is going to last forever. Because I think sometimes when we get into seasons where it's silence and we don't hear anything, we start to, we start to think, oh, this is, this, is, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to continue to feel anxiety the rest of my life. I'm going to continue to feel depression about this the rest of my life. Not so. That is not what the Word of God says about it. And I remember specifically Him leading me back to the New Testament about this too shall pass. Let that like sink in for a second. If you are walking through a season right now and you're just like, where the heck is the end of this? or you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, hear me when I say, this too shall pass. It's not going to be forever. So, And sometimes, you guys, what I love is, I love that about Christ. I love that about the Holy Spirit. I was taught at a young age and not, and I understand that not everyone grows up this way, but growing up, my parents would send us, send us to the prayer closet or to our rooms and say, don't come out until you hear from the Lord. And as a little kid, you're like, okay, I'm going to go and then make something up. (laughs) 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 It's true. (laughs) Like, we're kids, and we're like, okay, this is what the Lord said to me. No, this is what I'm saying to me. (laughs) But it got my siblings and I in this process of learning how to hear the Lord speak. Even when things weren't going our way. And so, that was the foundation, right? Because in some of your guys' lives, I know that God has proven himself faithful. And I think it's really important when you're in a season of waiting or you're in a wilderness season where God leads you somewhere and you're like, what's happening? To go back, to remember the words that he's spoken, to remember his character, to remember who he says he is, that truth says that he is, that the Bible points back to when all else fails. And so I, I love um, in Matthew, so again, going back to the word in Matthew, um, if you guys go to Matthew 3, at the end of that chapter, Jesus is being baptized in the Spirit by John the Baptist. And it's a ama- mate, and I'm, I'm sitting here picturing this in my mind. Okay, Jesus comes, and John the Baptist is like, who am I to baptize you? Like, who am I? You need to baptize me. <laughs> um, but he goes, and John the Baptist baptizes him, and a dove comes, and the Holy Spirit, it, it's almost like this climactic situation in Matthew 3. You're just like, wow. And literally, the next chapter, Matthew 4, you turn the page. And the title over Matthew 4 is Jesus being led into the wilderness. And you're like, wait, what? You literally just came off this incredible, life-changing experience to now you're being led into the wilderness for 40 days. And on top of that, being tempted by Satan, like Satan's in his face, speaking and saying all of these things. And what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? he straight up quotes scripture to the enemy so my experience wasn't just oh this is you know my experience and my feelings and i'm just doing this because i was raised this way this is a great idea i'm trying everything that i can jesus is our example he takes it back and shows shows and hey, you you don't know who you're me- you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know who you're messing with. So.
0: So, what you're talking about, everything that you've seen, kind of in the previous season, um, is what many of the ancients have called the dark night of the soul, and I think a number of us are familiar with that verbiage, but. You know, there's sometimes a decay and the bottom falls out of life circumstantially, which I think is what you walked through a little bit. But also, sometimes there's just this fog of um, weight and uh, cloud and and just confusion, you know, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. And in that, um, you know, you're talking about the, the emotional piece. And I think it's important to point out emotions are created things. Right. And at the very best, yes, our, our, our soul and the tremors of our emotions can be a mouthpiece that the Lord uses. But at the very worst, they can be idols right. and asherah poles of our souls that need to be cut down and toppled over, you right. know? So um, it's a dark night of the soul, dark night of situation. Oh, I, I, tell us how you saw like the word. You're talking about the word and how that was maybe your, your anchor a little bit. Tell us how you saw the word um, play a formative role in, in the turning of that situation and the turning of that season? Like how did you come out of that season and in, in what way did the, did the word of God um, play a role in that?
1: Yeah, I think just what I said earlier in terms of I would go back to scripture and root myself in that. Um, as, as you were saying that our emotions can sometimes are a good thing. God created us To be to emote, right? He he created them. Okay? So they are not bad. (laughs) They're not evil. However, I think where that crosses the line is when we begin to lean into our emotions and our feelings rather than what God is saying or doing what scripture points us to. And so Again, I would go back to scripture, open it up. And I know, and again, growing up, I'm like, I would open the word up and sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm reading this, I'm reading this, this isn't sinking in, this isn't doing anything for me. But I think that that's where you have to fight.
0: Hmm.
1: I think that that's where your flesh is saying, these are just words on a page. They're not going to do anything. And that's where I think our spirit and who we are needs to sit and read them out loud. Okay, because that's what I would do. I would read them out loud. And I think that there's something powerful in declaring. So if you're walking through something or walking through whatever and you're saying something out loud, you are literally putting it into the atmosphere. You are declaring something in the atmosphere around you, not just to yourself. It's not, just, it's not just here, it's out. And again, going back to Matthew 4, Jesus says to the enemy, he speaks out loud. It's not, this like inner, it's not this inner conversation that he's having with himself. He's speaking out loud. And so I think that that's what was different for me. It wasn't just reading words on a page. It was actually declaring, he never leaves me nor forsakes me. He leads me beside still waters, and he also walks me through the valley of the shadow of death. He is the same God. He's the same God.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and I mean, if anything, getting the scripture in front of us and recognizing that there can be and often is flutter in our soul, and we can so often equate, you know, God's proximity to us with how we feel, right, which is a very dangerous uh, framework of theology, but um, if anything, it just speaking the word and having it in front of you and meditating on it, and it being like a constant tether in your life, it it, uh, it, it serves as an equilibrium and reorientation into the way of the kingdom, yeah. right? Because that's what Scripture's for, and it was given to us to draw the boundary lines between a life of chaos and a life of order. So it's a way of us. Um, realigning with the way that God created things to be and the life that is on the table for us. So um, as you look back, you know, in this previous season, the lights going out in life and the Lord kind of giving you breadcrumbs along the way speaking, but never really like speaking into the thing. Um, how, how would you encourage us based on how you've seen God tenderly yet mysteriously at work in that season of life? Knowing that probably many of us can relate and may even be walking through it right now.
1: I think my biggest encouragement is to number one, you've got to be honest with yourself.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I am such a Type A personality, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, and so my ty- my personality and who I am is very effective and efficient and sometimes it's like okay i got to i got to have it all together my husband's on staff at a church i've got to have it all together um, my relationships over here this is happening in my family i've got to ha- i've got to be the brave one i'm the oldest sibling i've got to be the brave one for my family i've got to be i'm the emotional stable one I, i've got to have it all together but you know what you don't
0: mm. yeah
1: and furthermore I would say, not just being honest with yourself, being honest before the Lord. I think I was so scared of saying, God, I'm really disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. I'm really hurt. And I think sometimes we have this idea in our head, whether it's subconscious or not, that he's not going to be able to handle that? Or how dare we communicate our anguish before the Lord? When if you read through the Psalms, the psalmists are the absolute most honest and authentic about their anguish.
0: Over a third, actually, of the Psalms are lament psalms. The emo psalms. My (laughs) God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know? No, but seriously. But yeah, but if if the Psalms are in fact the language of our faith, then it's significant that over a third of them are the lights go out. God, where are you? Mm -hmm. Where are you in my soul? Where are you in my situation? But then the turn. Yes. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, you know? the highs and the lows of life, and yet there being a space and a safe place with the Lord to communicate and be honest and sometimes word vomit to Him. Yes,
1: yes. I'm all about the word vomit before the <laughs> Lord, you guys. And, and the thing is, is I remember something that was so special was the Lord, as I'm going through all of this stuff, right? The confusion, doubt, where are you, Lord? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> um, I remember the Lord saying to me, It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And that was so freeing to not have it all figured out Mm. or resolved. And, again, I think sometimes growing up, we have this picture, this idea that God is this far off. We exalt thee, and yes, we do exalt thee, and we fear him. Yes, we do. But in these moments, like, he comes and stands right beside us and walks it with us. Mm. He doesn't rescue us from it. He walks with us through it. He's beside us. And that was the thing, too, is I kept uh, at near the end of our time. I would, f- I would get through these moments with my journal and with the Lord and have this sense of camaraderie. Mm. Like, Jesus, you are fighting for me. Mm. Like, you are fighting for me, you know? Like, he's fighting for you in the situations, in the circumstances that you're in. He's fighting for you. He's not on the other side of your—yes, he is on the other side of your breakthrough, but he's also right with you, fighting with you mm-hmm. and for you. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we have this idea, like, he's just—he's over here watching. Like, okay, I hope, that, I hope they figure it out. I hope they get this right. That's not—that's not Father God. Yeah, it isn't.
0: Psalm twenty-eight. The Lord is the shepherd, and the Lord will shepherd us through eternity. Yeah, that's who He is. Hey, uh, let's make let's show some love to Bethany. Make some noise for her. Thank you. Thank you so much. We got some discussion questions up on the screen. Let's dialogue about this. Let's contextualize this, what we just heard. How does this apply to our specific soul and situation? We're going to have about 10 minutes of this, and then we're going to wrap this thing up together. Once again, thank you, BC. Uh, Much love to you guys as you guys discuss. All right, young adults, let's stand together as we wrap this thing up. Hope I'm not short-circuiting discussion. But let's respond. Let's just come to the Lord and pray into this week, and uh, and how He may lead us beside still waters uh, throughout the course of this week. Lord, uh, we come to you as sons and daughters, and we thank you that you characterize yourself in Scripture as the Good Shepherd. Uh, that you are the one who walks with us. You're the one who journeys with us. Who uh, quiets our soul. And gives us the sweetness of the kingdom. But you are also the one. Who when the lights feel like they've gone out in life. And when the bottom has completely decayed out from under us. uh, We thank you that you are the good shepherd who's with us even there. Who holds us and buoys us. And who somehow even though it may not appear to be the case in the moment. You're the one who's with us in the valley of the shadow of death. And so uh, over the myriad of Situations and circumstances in life represented this morning, would you be our good shepherd this week? Would you be the one who reveals yourself uh, as the one who journeys with us and loves us and who has nothing but tenderness and grace and the life of the kingdom on the table for us this week? Help us to lean into that. Help us to believe that, and help us to walk confidently as sons and daughters this week. Let all that we are be yours, both now and forevermore. Shepherd us into eternity, good shepherd. And we pray that as we go from here, may we be the sweet-smelling fragrance of Jesus Christ in the world around us. As we go on our college campuses, as we go into our workplaces, as we interface relationships this week. We pray, Jesus, that you and your kingdom would be put on full display. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen, amen.